Welcome to the Bonfire. I am your host, Morgan, aka Bond Diesel, and this is a podcast about video game news, reviews, rumors, and speculation. This week, I'll be covering Xbox rumors have escalated just a bit. Naughty Dog's plans have been clarified. Helldivers 2 is very fun and much more. Before we get started on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button and comment down below. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. Thank you to everyone who supports as patrons, YouTube members, and Twitch subscribers. And a special thank you to producer level supporter Hassan. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, please consider becoming a member on YouTube, subscribing over at Twitch, or joining my Patreon or Ko-Fi at the link in the description of the show. Gaming news, let's jump into it. We're going to start with Xbox again today. So, there's been rumors for a few weeks that a few of the games, mostly the lower tier games on Xbox's service, would potentially see a multi-platform release. Uh, There were games like Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, and things like that kind of being hinted. Uh, On Sunday uh, afternoon, uh, multiple different websites came out with multiple different stories um, from a supposed insider uh, about some higher profile games uh, that, that could be coming to PlayStation, such as Gears of War, Halo, Starfield and the Indiana Jones game that comes out later this year. Now, there's some interesting nuance to this, I think. It's weird that like four or five different outlets all ran this story about the same time. There's rumors that there is someone at Xbox who doesn't like this plan and basically seems like they went around to a bunch of big names and gave them all different leaks uh, for them all to release basically at the same time and start a, uh, for be- lack of a better word, shit storm. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Um, other rumors um, have swirled uh, even to the point of saying that all Xbox games would go to other platforms, including PlayStation, and that Xbox was no longer going to be making hardware. Neither of those I've actually seen come from anyone reputable. Um, even the initial rumors, like the, I believe the Gears of War rumor comes from Jeff Grubb, who I think has leaned more into the entertainment side of things in recent years, less of the journalist side. So it's kind of hard to decide where he's reporting on this from. I'm going to go out on a wild guess and say the person who leaked uh, or at least gave this info to all of the different websites probably contacted Jeff um, privately and gave him that info. So who knows? Um, I'm, I'm mixed on this. My, my biggest issue is that, and this is kind of backfired on Xbox, both or really all of the platforms have these like super fan influencers, right? Um, with Nintendo, I'm not very familiar with theirs. I'm sure they have them, but with Sony and Microsoft, they're pretty loud and very interactive with their brand, specifically Xbox, Sony, not as much. Uh, I don't see Mark Cerny out there tweeting people and sharing people's videos and stuff, right? 
But you have like Aaron Greenberg and even Phil Spencer to a point and some other people at Xbox who, you know, do occasionally share things and kind of help promote some of these folks who, you know, I would describe as like super fan influencers. You're talking about people like Tim Dog, Clobriel, and stuff like that. And, you know, these people are substantial creators in, in a lot of ways. They have 50,000, 100,000, a quarter million followers or more. And they are typically like ride or die Xbox. And, you know, my, my issue is I've never really paid attention to these folks because I think they are really big propagators of the console war mindset and the equivalence of them for PlayStation and stuff. It's it's a group of like 30 people, basically, who just like bicker all the time and take shots at each other. And it's turned into this weird thing where like regular people don't care. But then you have these hyper fans who like kind of stoke a lot of toxicity and, and negativity, in my opinion. And I've and I've always felt that way. Well, a handful of these folks on the Xbox side uh, lost their minds uh, with this with these rumors to the point of a few of them taking, you know, taking pictures and videos of them going to GameStop and turning in all their Xbox stuff and buying a PlayStation. Uh, someone like Tim Dog has really been hamming it up almost all week, has been doing the, the Twitter live uh, podcast things where he's just been having these like seven, eight hour like funerals for Xbox and just spouting off a lot of weird stuff, honestly, on his social media of like, being betrayed by xbox and all these things and it's weird like it's strange and what i find strange about it is that nothing that's been really rumored yet to me at least seems like that big of a deal yeah like if starfield comes to playstation like what a year and a half two years after it comes out like i don't know who cares like I know it's not going to happen the other way. I know The Last of Us isn't going to get released on Xbox. I know Spider-Man's not coming to Xbox. And Sony doesn't have to do that. They're leading the pack. They can do whatever they want. And, but I talked about this, I think, even last week. About how Xbox is third place. They're behind Nintendo and Sony. They have to do weird stuff. They have to try to do different things. And one of those different things might be allowing their games on another platform especially like say a game like Starfield say it comes out a year year and a half after uh, it came out on Xbox it comes out on PlayStation that only helps like there's no negativity there if you wanted to play it before then you already needed a PC or an Xbox so you already have it if you're willing to wait a year and a half two years to play a game because you don't want to buy the other box you're never going to buy that box anyways like if if there's a PlayStation fan who's willing to wait a year and a half, two years to play Starfield on their PlayStation, they were never in the market for an Xbox. You know, it's strange. And then part of this, of another argument has been, you know, this, this is going to devalue, um, you know, the, the, the Xbox consoles, right? And even to a point, some of the people are rumoring that this is going to cause Xbox consoles to not be made at all, which is so silly. Because it's an Xbox is the cheapest way to, to get into Game Pass. Um, I, I know, I, and I run into it all the time when I talk about this, that the Series X is half the price of a GPU, of a good GPU. And you'll find these people on, on the internet, if you make this point, who will just come out and say, well, you can make a great computer for $750, 
BS, unless you're willing to buy used parts. I am not willing to buy used PC parts. I think that is insane. There's some, maybe RAM and stuff like that, that might be worth it. But buying a used GPU, no way. Buying a used CPU, maybe, if I can inspect it really well. Buying a used motherboard, absolutely not. Buying a used PCU, absolutely not. You know, there's just so much stuff. It's weird that people think that this is like devaluing Xbox hardware to the point of saying that they think the Xbox hardware will stop being made. Like, that just doesn't make sense, at least not to me. And... Again, it comes down to that cost. Uh, it, it's, you know, a Series S especially is a, what, $300, $350, $400 way to get into the Game Pass. It's, it's so simple. And all the games run fine on it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, you know, th- there's been this weird attitude of like, well, yeah, but if you're on Xbox you or, or even PlayStation 5 to a point, you, you're only going to get 30 FPS with the next Grand Theft Auto or whatever. Yeah, it's a $500 system. If you want to play 4K 60 FPS uh, of the next Grand Theft Auto, you're going to need to spend $2,500, if not more, on a PC. If you want them to make a $2,000 Xbox, they can probably make a really, really dope one. But they're probably not going to do that because the margins don't make sense. And so there's just been so much chaos, especially from these Xbox influencers. And it's kind of bit the Xbox executives in the butt a little bit because they're you know phil spencer aaron greenberg all these guys are kind of cool with the community and then you see these people that they're typically cool with losing their freaking minds and i think it's a lot of sensationalism i think it's very performative my guess is that a lot of these people know what's actually going on or at least have a better idea of it and probably already know it's not going to be that big of a deal and they've taken this like golden week to just freak the f out to just lose their freaking minds in, in just a really weird way. And one of the funniest parts about it is that a, a day or two later, rumors start coming out from some of the same sources that rumored the game stuff, saying that Xbox is planning on releasing a handheld low-tier console and a replacement to the Series X, uh, a high-tier desktop you know, home console, uh, in 2026. Which, you know, it's just rumors but it's no more or less reputable than the other rumors. And it immediately dispels about 90% of the reasons you see all these people going and dumping their Xboxes and all that, because they think that the Series X is the last hardware they're ever going to make. And that's just clearly not true. Now, is Xbox not going to be making consoles 20 years from now? Probably not. I don't know if PlayStation will be either. I don't know if Nintendo will be. And that's a different conversation to have. But, like, I... It, it, it to me, the whole thing was so performative and so cringy and so weird. And then obviously you have the people on the PlayStation side, especially their super fans, just being the worst. But that's expected. And it's just strange. So we did get a very small official response from Xbox about all of this. And it was basically Phil Spencer saying, we see you, we hear you. We're going to make, you know, official announcements next week where we're going to clarify things and you know, talk about what's going on. Uh, it's a, a business announcement is what they called it about the future of the brand. And this week, everyone's been, you know, they've been riding that hard, you know, doing the whole like, well, everything must be true. They didn't deny it. It's like, guys, come on. They're a publicly traded company. These are leaks and rumors that there's no way they anticipated were going to come out. Like, you know, the simple fact is that they have to like get their lawyers behind any response 
because they have to make sure they aren't doing stuff that manipulates stock prices and things like that. You know, a company like Xbox can't announce, you know, especially stuff like this, addressing rumors that are addressing the future of the company indefinitely. They, they can't just come out and give a half-assed statement because of the things it can do legally to them. So they're going to come out. They're going to give a full statement. My honest guess is they're going to acknowledge, like, yep, we're going to trial a few games over on you know other platforms, um, and we're going to see how that goes. But my guess is they're going to you know talk about you know making sure that they keep you know at least somewhat timed exclusivity, you know six months a year, maybe more on some games. That you're still going to be getting these games day one on Xbox um, or PC Game Pass. That you know that there's going to be lots of reasons to have an Xbox or to use their service through PC. Uh, it's just the man, people have been so weird. Um, it's in my opinion, really kind of backs up, especially the way some journalists and stuff have covered this. I, I slowly, and I think I've kind of hinted this before. I, again, I don't technically believe in the whole Xbox tax conspiracy, but I think especially the situation and the way that it's been reported on by some, um, who have essentially taken rumors and acted like they're true or just acted like, you know, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to happen in as negative a way as possible. I just, I don't see anyone covering, you know, if there were similar things happening at PlayStation, I just don't see that being covered the same way. And it, and it really sucks because, uh, and what sucks the most about it, especially PlayStation fans jumping onto the hype of all this, like, you know, all oh, Xbox dead, Xbox dead. PlayStation fans do not want Xbox to be dead. PlayStation fans should want Xbox to be extremely successful and to be very competitive because Sony already does a bunch of anti-consumer stuff, at least in my opinion. And if they, you know, Nintendo and them barely even compete directly, right? To the point where you could argue all three platforms are basically going three different directions at this point. But, you know, Xbox and PlayStation still do kind of butt up against each other, right? And, you know, if you want the next PlayStation to be a thousand bucks, the the you know their games to be a hundred bucks a piece then sure be happy about xbox tanking um if that's what you think is happening but i wouldn't want that i wouldn't promote that i wouldn't be excited about that this is one of those things where the tribalism and the console warrior stuff is really really destructive um to the whole industry and um what one little point i made that it you know, wasn't received super well but um, man, I bet PlayStation is so happy that all of this attention is on Xbox right now because in 2023, the only first party game they re released was Spider-Man 2, which was good. Maybe not uh, an all-time great, but a good game. And right now, I don't see a single first party Xbox game that's coming out this year. The Final Fantasy game is not. It's a third party game that they have exclusive, which it might as well be first party, but still. Um, and then people have been arguing that Helldivers 2 is a first-party exclusive. It is not. It, 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 it's a unique situation. Um, it's made by a third-party studio, an indie studio. But the IP is owned by PlayStation. And so even when you start that game up, it says PlayStation Studios on it. Even though Arrowhead Game Studios is not a PlayStation studio. It's kind of a strange thing, in my opinion. But regardless, um, I bet PlayStation is very happy that in the midst of a two-year drought of games, basically, uh, no one's talking about it. Now, that's also because they front-load this generation with some of the best games ever made. Uh, God of War, Ragnarok, 
um, you know, The Last of Us 2, things like that. Like, like don't get me wrong, I, I recognize that in Spider-Man 2, um, even, I, and then Horizon as well. I, I, I understand, you know, that it's, it's a, it is a different situation, but this is one of those points where I do pretty firmly believe if the, if the roles were switched and Xbox had maybe just Starfield come out last year and had no plans to release any first party games this year, you know, the, the news, the game media would be losing their minds and writing articles about that. And it's just, I think it's kind of interesting, but Regardless, we'll find out more about what's going on with Xbox next week. I don't think anything's going to be as dire um, as some have thought it would be. Many of the people who leaked info early um, have kind of backtracked a little bit and kind of been like, hey, just hang tight, people. Like this, you know, I'm hearing that these things are, it's not as bad as you think it is or, or whatever. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But at the end of the day, I just, um, I like Xbox. I'm an Xbox preferer. Is how I try to say it. Um, definitely not like a fanboy or anything like that. Um, I just kind of prefer, you know, their controllers and their systems and you know how they do things uh, more so than Sony. Um, I, I definitely don't want them to go away. And um, I think at best, a lot of the reaction from a lot of these silly folks is at least kind of just very reactionary and silly. At worst, I think it's been very purposeful. Um, and what's a real bummer is I don't know how much it affects the, the Xbox gamers, you know, the population or community as a whole, but those individuals have completely poisoned their communities. Uh, someone like Tim dog, who is almost certainly going to backtrack at some point has poisoned his community. Um, and that's weird. It's so strange. Um, it seems like they probably did get some short term boost in their revenue and, and clicks and stuff, but Surely that's not going to be worth it long run, but who am I to judge? Moving over to some PlayStation news, we got a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, state of game and a demo has been released. Uh, really well talked about. All, all the podcasts and stuff I checked out where people had played this were just over the moon about it. They loved the state of the game or state of play that showed off an insane amount of stuff. Um, this game seems like it's going to be very, very wide. Uh, my one little gripe with this game is I've been watching some playthroughs of the, the first part of the remake and I just, I people like really, really go on about how amazing that game looks and I think it looks abysmal. I, I know they're trying to like bring to modern day, um, you know, like some of the earliest, you know, pixeliest graphics, 3D graphics from the original game. Um, but I just, uh, I I don't I don't get it, but regardless of my stupid opinions, uh, this game's gonna be insanely successful. The first part was, this part will be. This one definitely seems like it's justifying the multiple parts of this remake more. I know I remember a lot of complaints about the first part of the remake, where people were like, "Ah, did they really have to break this up so much?" Um, this part seems like it definitely needed it. Um, I mean, from what they showed. If it's half as big as this, of this state of game, uh, you know, implied, then it's going to be like as big as any other RPG typically, let alone a game that is typically, uh, you know, just an RPG on its own. 
even though I assume it's implied that there's going to be at least one more part of Final Fantasy VII to finish up the rest of the game and the uh, the rest of the remake. So, you know, for the people into that stuff, super happy for you. Um, that's really exciting. We also got some news from Neil Druckmann, who's the head of Naughty Dog, um, talking about how The Last of Us Three um, is like conceptually, uh, you know, in their minds, uh, but that it's not their next game. So that kind of opens up a lot of questions about what they could be working on next. Um, a lot of people thinking that it could be a new Art Uncharted game. That wouldn't completely surprise me. Um, I still really thought they would go straight and just wrap up The Last of Us and do that next. Um, but I also have to imagine that's a really heavy game to work on, especially with the way things went down with the fan reaction, or at least some of them, to the last game where it was very dramatic and very kind of crazy um i suspect and and you see it fairly often where uh devs work on something that's very controversial or or whatever and they kind of want to just do something different right so um i'll be curious to what happens there um we you know had this big grounded two documentary that came out that basically covered the development of the second game uh, the last of us two uh, which was a really great watch it was nice to see um it gives a little bit of a deep dive into game development and how it really works it also obviously talked about how you know as they were nearing the end of development covid happened and how that changed things um the uh, kind of general fan response some of the controversies and stuff like that it was a good watch and if you watch that i think you can really understand like oh okay that's probably why they don't want to work on that next but it does seem like it, it needs about one more game to wrap it up. And that's kind of what seems like was implied. So we'll have to wait and see what comes of that. Uh, getting at some of the smaller bits of news that are not related to any of the big platforms. Uh, Disney announced a $1.5 billion investment, uh, seemingly to bring more of its brands to Fortnite uh, and to use that platform in various ways to promote their products. Um, the preview or the image that they announced this with implied that basically you're going to get Fortnite stuff of basically every Disney brand that exists. Um, there was like nightmare before Christmas stuff in there, obviously like frozen, all the different Disney properties. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with that Fortnite and all of the things it does are kind of outside of my lane. Um, but I really do appreciate Fortnite. I'm one who thinks that it should win best supported game every single year, live service game, what they do with that, basically it being a just one of the best examples of, you know, a, a way to promote Unreal Engine 5 uh, and Unreal Engine 4 when it was on there. It, there there's nothing that does better, and it's really just become a, a, a titan of its own. So, you know, I think Epic's kind of a shady company. You know, Disney, you know, I've got my qualms with them as well. Uh, but this kind of stuff is... Uh, it's at least interesting. I'm really curious to what comes from it. Skull and Bones has hit open beta. Um, I've played it a bit. I've also played it in other instances and closed betas and alphas and stuff like this. I, I just, I they should they should have just canceled this game. <laughs> this I this this game in my opinion is going to be so bad for Ubisoft's reputation. Um, it, it it just. It feels like a game that was supposed to be released like six years ago. Um, you know, when people talk about how uh, Starfield feels like a game that was meant for 10 years ago and, you know, 
I agree and disagree with various parts of that point. Like this game definitely feels like that in a lot of ways. And I get it. It's kind of easy to understand why it got delayed and why things have happened the way they have with, um, you know, with the delays and stuff they had, because you can kind of tell, um, I don't know if any of the studios working on it have ever worked on their own game before, um, especially Ubisoft Singapore. Uh, I'm under the impression most of the studios that worked on this were support studios and it really feels that way. It feels like the people who made Skull and Bones, you know, they, they each have their specialties and, the, and they know how to make things uh, really well. Um, but they just, you know, no one figured out how to make this game feel like a coherent experience. Um, God, the opening is just such a drag. Uh, you know, it's a pirate game and you start the game off by commanding the ship and taking down a bunch of other ships and getting loot and booty and stuff. And then, you know, you spend a... I don't even know how much time um, on like a dinghy going around and collecting supplies and doing fetch quest on foot. Uh, I just, I have no idea who thought that this was going to be fun. And it was like this as far back as I've played it. I just don't know why anyone thinks anyone thought this would be fun. You got to get people right into a ship, get them right into doing the pirate thing. Um, even if it's like a, on a really small scale, I just, um, you're going to find, and Ubisoft has this weird ability to find people who love their games, no matter, at least in my opinion, how uncreative or unfun they are. And that's fine. You know, I don't want to yuck anyone else's yum. But to me, it's just unbelievable how uninspiring and just kind of lame Skull and Bones is to me. And I just, I can't believe that it didn't get canceled. Is how I feel. Uh, there's rumors going around that the next Call of Duty, which is going to be Black Ops Gulf War, uh, could be basically an open world game uh, resembling Far Cry. Uh, if you played Modern Warfare 3, which I didn't, but I saw plenty about it, uh, they kind of experimented with like an open world structure in that game for its story. It was not received well. It seemed like I didn't see a single person who enjoyed it. So I'm very interested in, to see how they treat this um, this next this Black Ops game. And if they refine that experience to, to make it more enjoyable. Um, but from what I saw, people were not a big fan. But it's Call of Duty, so it's going to sell 20 million copies no matter what. Uh, Cyberpunk sequel has recently gotten a bunch of high-profile hirings. It seems like they're kind of getting in uh, to the mode where they're hiring a bunch of directors and some of the production uh, st style of people. Um, and, and they're getting people from all over the industry who have worked in all kinds of really good games. So um, it seems like they are trying to kind of beef that up. Um, if you don't remember, um, CDPR or CD Projekt Red started a new studio in the United States just to make the next cyberpunk game. So a bunch of these hires are um, Americans or people who have worked in the Western uh, games kind of production or game dev world. And uh, I'll be curious to to see what happens with this whole game there. They're moving all their games to Unreal Engine. So the next Witcher game will be Unreal. It's presumed the next Cyberpunk will be as well. And um, I'm just really curious to what they do with that, with that franchise. Um, IGN is unionizing. Uh, this could be a bit of a shift um, to uh, the whole industry, especially the journalism side of things. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you see this get bigger and expand in the industry. Um, whether or not it happens on the dev side, it's just going to be hard because I think I suspect 
a lot of the people that you would need to be on the side of a union in the game dev industry um, are being taken care of pretty well. And so when you're talking about like upper management and stuff like that, you know, people who they kind of need to help, you know, with influence and to kind of make this thing serious, you know, that, that may be a struggle, but you know, IGN doing it is at least like a shot across the bow at a lot of places. Um, I am personally not a huge fan of IGN these days. Um, a lot of the people they have doing writing and doing videos and stuff are just kind of glorified content creators, in my opinion. And there's not very much journalism happening at IGN anymore. But, you know, I'll give people a W when they deserve it. And I think making this move is probably a good thing in the long run. Helldivers 2 has come out. Uh, it is a PlayStation and PC release. Um, I was like semi-interested in this. I never played the first game. Uh, and then I just pulled the trigger and bought it. And I'm so happy I did. This game is so fun. It's got like that kind of Tarkov extraction feel. And it's a very stressful game. But in the same way, it's like kind of, there's not really consequences to it. It's just, ah, oh, I died. Or, uh, so far, I actually haven't failed a mission. Um, but I have died quite a bit. But it's just, it's got this gritty kind of realistic aesthetic and it's just fun to play it's very punishing it's kind of scary it's very stress inducing but like in a good way um i'm really enjoying helldivers too i don't want to give like a score or a whole thing to it at this point but it's a great game it's a game that will probably become probably kind of my live service game of choice uh as the division two tries to put out more content every month and a half Speaking of The Division 2, Ubisoft plans to release Star Wars Outlaws. <laughs> uh, speaking of The Division 2, uh, Ubisoft plans to release Star Wars Outlaws and Assassin's Creed Red by the end of the 2024-25 fiscal year. Um, their fiscal year goes from, I believe it's April 1st until the end of March. Um, so that puts... Uh, the Star Wars game and the Assassin's Creed game sometime between this April and next March. Um, the rumors so far have been that the Star Wars game is likely a spring or summer release with Assassin's Creed Red being a late 2024 or even early 25 release. Um, and that's great. I really hope Outlaws comes out this year. A bunch of devs that worked on that um, have really been implying heavily it's coming this year. Uh, and that's probably my front runner for game of the year this year. Um, even seeing so little of it. I'm very excited um, to play that game and to see what the Division 2 studio and many of their devs can do with a single-player experience that has RPG elements and choices and things like that. So I'm, uh, I'm very excited for Outlaws. Red, I'm indifferent on Assassin's Creed these days. Uh, but, but yeah, Outlaws, very excited. So hopefully that's coming sooner than later. And I started a new modded Mass Effect trilogy playthrough. I'm very excited. Um, I'm putting all of the... I'm going to do what I did with the last modded playthrough, is I'm going to put all of the major missions onto streams and then put those on the VODs. So there's already two, I think, VODs of me starting the game and then doing uh, the mission to recruit Liara. Uh, the next streams are going to be doing things like Pharos, Novaria, Vermeer, um, and then finishing up the first game. And then I'll move on to the second. I'm doing most of the side missions and DLC and stuff like that on my own time, on my own, uh, my at night and things like that. Um, 
But yeah, I'm really excited to do another modded playthrough. And then at the end, to do another video talking about all the mods I did and uh, to, to kind of go through that and uh, and show off, you know, all the things I had fun with. So far, I'm really happy with uh, the mods I've selected for the first game. Um, I've actually retained a lot of the original game stuff or like the last modded playthrough I did, I put like the Mass Effect 3 uniforms on all of the crew and stuff like that. And I found that it wasn't very consistent. So I've, uh, you know, tried to embrace some of the other things. But um, yeah, so be on the lookout for that and be on the lookout for my stream over on Twitch uh, to catch me when I'm live on that stuff. Or you can check out the VOD on my YouTube. And that's where I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, if you have any of your own topics, questions, or feedback, be sure to let me know in my Discord and YouTube comments, or hit me up on Twitter, at Diesel or at The Bonfire. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you have uh, any desire to participate, please do in any of the ways that I've talked about, um, you know, submitting questions or just, uh, you know, giving me some feedback and talking to me. Um, I do post a Google form every week in the Discord and on my Twitter uh, to give people the opportunity to be part of the show. You can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including over on Twitch and YouTube. You can see my other content or find ways to support everything I do by checking out a link in the description below or in the com um, in the description. That's all I have for this one. So until next time.